This is Gordon Vernick with Jazz Insights. like to continue with the music of the great jazz trumpet player Kenny Dorm. In particular, we're going to focus on the music that he played from about 1950 to 1955. In 1950, he relocated from New York to the West Coast to take a daytime job. I guess in the late 40s and early 50s, the music business took a bit of a nosedive, and he had a young family, and he felt he needed to have a steady income, and being a full-time jazz musician didn't provide a lot of job security, so he moved to California. He was still performing with many groups at this time, but was working full-time at an aviation factory, I believe. He recorded a very important record in 1952 with Thelonious Monk, and of course today we know that recording is The Genius of Modern Music Volume 2. It featured Lou Donaldson on alto saxophone, Lucky Thompson on tenor sax, and of course Max Roach on drums. They recorded a number of Thelonious's quirky and original compositions. We're going to check out one that's called Let's Cool One. Again, this is when Kenny's style is really beginning to solidify and pay particular attention to the way he tongues his notes. If I can draw an analogy, it would be like someone from the deep south, the way they kind of draw their their vowels and their syllables out in kind of a, a slower manner than, say, someone from New York or maybe someone in the Midwest. And that's what articulation is. It's, it's the way we play our notes, or if we can make the same analogy, it's the way we form our words and our sentences and also our cadences. At this time, Kenny's cadence or the way he's articulating is strongly formed and becomes very individual. So let's check out this recording. Let's cool one. 1952 from the Thelonious Monk album entitled Genius of Modern Music Volume 2. December of 1953, Kenny recorded his first album as a band leader. Up until this time, he'd always been what's called a sideman or recorded with other people on their recordings. And so this is his first recording as a leader. It's called the Kenny Dorm Quintet. On this particular record, he recorded a number of original compositions and, of course, some jazz standards. This original composition that he recorded is called Osmosis, and it shows that Kenny really had a penchant for the minor mode. A lot of his compositions that he wrote are in the minor as opposed to the major mode, and, of course, that poses some harmonic and melodic issues that Kenny was able to easily surmount. This track we're going to listen to is called Osmosis from his first album as a band leader in 1953. Thank you. 
That solo has all of Kenny Dorham's trademarks, that slightly tart sound, the even staccato eighth notes, the way he bends certain notes, the fantastic techniques, the way he goes up in the high register, but also uses the middle and low register. I mean, it's just perfectly balanced. And of course, the solo is so melodic. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful recording. On the same record, he records this beautiful ballad called Ruby, My Dear. And one of my favorite Kenny Dorham records was recorded in the late 50s called Quiet Kenny, where he does a number of ballads, but he was a fantastic interpreter of ballads. So again, this is from his first record as a band leader in 1953. This is his interpretation of Ruby, My Dear. Nineteen fifty-four was a very good year for Kenny Dorham. He was still living in California, but making a lot of records on the East Coast. He made a series of records with the Jazz Messengers. The Jazz Messengers originally started as a big band in the late forties, led by the great drummer Art Blakey, and that group disbanded. And it was reformed in the mid nineteen fifties in New York under the direction of both Horace Silver and Art Blakey. And the original trumpet player in the group was Clifford Brown. He left the group and was replaced by Kenny Dorham. And a 1954 recording called Horace Silver and the Jazz Messengers, which is a monumental record, it really kind of helped to usher in the what's called the hard bop era. Kenny Dorham was the trumpet player. We're going to check out two tracks from that very, very important record. Also featured, again, Art Blakey on drums and the great tenor saxophonist Hank Mobley. We're going to check out a piece called Room 608, an original composition by the pianist Horace Silver. Great recording. Let's check out Kenny Dorham's solo on this. Kenny was always interested in Afro-Cuban music. And of course, you know, being on the scene in the late 40s with Dizzy Gillespie's big band, you couldn't not be influenced by that music. And if you listen really carefully to a lot of those late 1940s records, they usually had a conga player or a bongo player on some of those recordings. So the fact that he was influenced by Afro-Cuban music is really not a stretch. In fact, in 1955, he recorded one of his great records called Kenny Dorham Afro-Cuban. And it's a rather large group. It features a J.J. Johnson on a trombone, Hank Mobley on tenor, Cecil Payne on baritone saxophone. The name of the track is called Miner's Holiday, and the whole record has a very strong Afro-Cuban flavor. Later on in the 60s, Kenny would be strongly influenced by music of Brazil, especially the bossa nova, but this particular record has a really strong Afro-Cuban flavor to it. Let's check out Miner's Holiday, 1955. 
pure KD. Again, the song is in the minor mode. You know, Kenny loved to write songs that are in the minor mode, and that allowed him to develop certain kinds of melodies. And there are a lot of trademarks that we associate with the Kenny Dorm. Very, very apparent on that solo. Fantastic record. We're going to close the show with another recording from 1955. This is with Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. As I said before, Art and uh, Horace Silver co-led the group, and then Horace left the group and formed his own quintet. So this particular recording, um, Horace is still the pianist in the group, but the album was listed under the name of Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers Live at Cafe Bohemia. Another thing we have to consider is that these records were made um, at 33 and a third RPMs. These were not 78, so a 10-inch or a 12-inch album could have you know four to five tracks per side, and it also led to it the concept of an album as a opposed to individual 78s, just like that Afro-Cuban record. Everything has is Afro-Cuban themed. So it also changed the way records were conceived. And also because there were 33 and a thirds, the musicians could take longer solos as opposed to those short 78s. So it really changed a lot and allowed the musicians to become much more expressive and creative in the studio. So on this particular record, and it was really hard to pick a track because there's so many fantastic ones. We're going to listen to Like Someone in Love. And it's got, again, all those great Kenny Dorham trademarks, little quotes from other songs. And then at 2 minutes and 49 seconds, you're going to hear that great Kenny Dorham lick that he got from Fats Navarro. You're going to hear that lick, and you hear that quite a bit in Kenny's playing. Great conception, very melodic, incredible harmonic sophistication. Like Someone in Love, 1955 at Cafe Bohemia. This has been Jazz Insights with Dr. Gordon Vernick. You can visit me on the web at gordonvernick.com and facebook.com slash jazzinsights. Jazz Insights is a production of WMLB AM 1690, the voice of the arts in Atlanta.